Coming up next on The Jeff Crilly Show, she works with a faith-based elder law firm, but she's equally as passionate about giving back to her community. Her journey just ahead. Many are predicting that the worst is yet to come, which is unfortunate, said one person here. Until now, they've enjoyed the reputation of being the nation's icebox. Watched a burglar in his home this morning by webcam. As a journalist of over 25 years, stories are what make my world turn. Reporting live from the Dallas Newsroom tonight, Jeff Crilly, Fox 4 News. But in 2008, I took the jump from my familiar life and started a PR firm from my home. We're talking about anyone with a camcorder like the one I'm using becomes a television network. We started slowly growing the company and we now have over a hundred clients and we've branched into the world of live digital broadcasting. I now own eight different TV studios and have a huge team. And the stories that I now get to share are sometimes the most important of my life. Life has a funny way of coming around full circle. This is the Jeff Crilly Show. Well, these days, uh, firms of all sizes are really dedicating themselves to giving back to their community. Why? Because it's important, not just for the community, but for the employees. Uh, employees want to work for a company that stands for somebody. And uh, someone who knows something about that, Sheila Williamson, she is with Heyman Hogue. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Very cool. Well, first of all, uh, let's start with your journey. Are you born and raised in Texas? or? Yeah. I have never lived more than 40 miles away from my home. No kidding. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. And uh, tell me about your childhood. Well, I grew up in Greenville, Texas. Okay. So yeah. anybody watching from Greenville, then sure. that's that's uh, where I grew up. And we now live in McKinney. But we, I have lived in Dallas, uh, Plano, uh, Richardson, and uh, McKinney. Yeah. So, okay. Yes. You're working with an elder law firm. Mm -hmm. And I love it that it's faith-based. Why was that important to you? Well, because the, my faith is everything to me. And so they do things very differently. I mean, we had never basically hired a lawyer, so we didn't. I didn't know much about the law. I just knew it was marketing. But when they asked me to come and I checked it out and I saw that these people really do live out their faith, then that was very important to me. Absolutely. We're going to pull up the website, and as we scroll down the website, I want you to just kind of talk about the, the character of, of the firm. Well, it colors everything we do. I, that's what I say, really, that's what makes us different. We do offer a free consultation and we're one of the only firms that does that um, left because most people have gone to charging for that. But the reason is because we don't believe that it should cost you something to find out if we can help you. Sure. And, <clears throat> you know, we do uh, wills, trust, guardianship, probate, special needs, um, business formation, this sort of thing. And that's that's all we do. But that's a huge area of the law. People don't realize that. That's a huge area of the law. And if we can't help people because they need something other than what we do, we always refer them to someone good that can. Well, that's wonderful. So. Let's talk about your nonprofit work and your mm -hmm. passion about a number of different nonprofits. But one of them that's near and dear to your heart is Meals on Wheels. Absolutely. Why is that? Well, Meals on Wheels, people, the one point I would like to get across about Meals on Wheels, I know that you, everyone knows the name Meals on Wheels, but the people think, oh, they just deliver food to older people and isn't that nice that little old ladies bring it by and leave it with them. And no, that is not what the, the, yes, it is nutrition that is delivered to people that are homebound, has nothing to do with their economic uh, condition. It has to do with their homebound. But the important part is the visit. Mm because you're checking on them and you may be, quite likely, you're the only person checking on them. 
So that is what is important about Meals on Wheels, and it just fit perfectly in our, uh, you know, the, the way that we do business and the, the faith-based part of it. It just fit, fit perfectly with us. And uh, that became even more important during COVID because, uh, mm -hmm. you know, there was so much loneliness that happened mm -hmm. with people isolating to protect themselves from, from the disease. But often, um, as you said, the... The Meals on Wheels volunteer would be the only person they saw all week. And they would tell you they loved you mm -hmm. because you saw them and you were checking on them. And the way it works is if you if they do not answer the door, you do not leave the food there. You try to get them on a phone or whatever, and if you can't, you call Meals on Wheels and they come by and check on them later. And then if they can't get them, then they unfortunately have yeah. to call the police. I remember yes. uh, covering stories at Fox 4 where uh, on really hot days, mm -hmm. sometimes seniors would either turn off the AC just to conserve um, electricity. But um, I remember doing a story about a Meals on Wheels volunteer who saved a person's life. It's, and people don't realize that's what's important about it. And it only takes a few hours out of your day to do this. And it's just, it's a wonderful feeling when you get to do that. And so. you come up with some really creative ways to raise money. We've got some video and I want you to describe what we're watching here. Um, okay. what, 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 <laughs> what? Well, this was a crazy idea that I had and it was based on a road rally, mm -hmm. but we didn't want people <laughs> racing around the city because you don't want the liability from that. But we decided to do a scavenger hunt throughout the city of McKinney mm. to benefit Meals on Wheels of Collin County. And we... I had all of these stops for you and you're learning about the city yes. and having fun because they were entertainment stops and that it ended with a concert uh, from uh, May Lee Thomas Fuller and, and her husband, the mayor and I, their band. And it was just a wonderful day all the way around. Wow. Are you always kind of thinking of new ways to raise money? Yes, because you, you know, yeah. How many, well, I can't even imagine how many galas you get invited to, but every one of us gets invited to the, the, the dinner, the silent auction, the live auction, and et cetera, all the time. But I want creative ways to raise money. We, we, this was just fun. And it, and plus, let's see, it benefited all of the businesses that people got to visit as well. Yes. And a lot of them were new. So it was great. So uh, addiction probably has touched every family mm -hmm. in America, and I know it's touched yours. Yes. Uh, do you mind sharing? No. No, you know, I, I, because I want the shame to get out of this. The people are ashamed to talk about that, and I was for some time. But you, th there is no shame in this because addiction touches every, every family. If it, if it doesn't touch yours directly, you know someone that it does. So in our case, um, we, have a, we only have one child, and he was involved in a near-fatal accident um, on September 8th, uh, 2008. And <clears throat> it took one of his legs, and it uh, obviously much recovery was needed. And as I'm driving him to these, these appointments, they're just handing out pills like candy. And of course, it, they were opiates, and you get addicted. And this is a, a world we had never been in before. And when someone finally realized this, and I'm talking about two plus years down the road, they're like, oh, you must have a problem. Never any talk of where we could get help. And we thought, okay, well, he'll just stop. I mean, it, 
<laughs> you know, well, you can't. And now we know several years down the road, we know what, um, what happens. And he went through many surgeries, many rehabs, many everything because he would get infections from, he became a heroin addict and he would get infections from this. And it was a terrible, terrible scenario. Wound up homeless um, because we had just had as much as we could possibly take. Sure. So he wound up homeless. And then one day we get another call. And this is from Parkland because I recognized the last four digits of the phone. And they had, someone had found him, had brought him to the hospital where he'd been incoherent, not from an overdose, but he had, he was almost septic mm. from all of the infections. And then it had attacked his heart and he had endocarditis. So that normally uh, can kill people, and it did not, by the grace of God, did not. It, but he wound up in UT Southwestern having an, a surgery after two weeks of being on a medically induced coma. Then he was arrested there wow. <laughs> at the hospital because after the surgery, he, got, he called his dealer, which was very close to UT Southwestern, and had him bring some dope up there. Someone saw him using this, shooting it right into the porch, and he was arrested. Wow. First time. He, and so we now we're in the Dallas County jail situation. He stayed there for quite a while. We went through, it was a, it was a long story because he stayed there quite a while. Um, even though he just had the, the small charges and he saw murderers being released or whatever, that's not what our story was. But on the other hand, Today, he will tell you that was the best thing that could have happened to him because he did. He was sober the entire time. And you say, well, he had to be sober in jail. That is not true either. <laughs> There's things available. Um, but he was sober the whole time and he met AA people there. And he decided just to go as a, a distraction to everything else. He wound up loving it, getting involved in the program. Then when he, we finally were able to get him released with the help of... Uh, uh, the district attorney and some uh, Dallas Morning News writer, who I will never forget, we were able to get him to release to a wonderful rehab called Brazos Recovery. He went there um, and was there for a while. And in, not only he'd already knew the 12-step program by then, so they had him immersed in that, but finally a counselor got him to talk about the trauma. Mm. And when he they peeled back this trauma, it, he had several layers of trauma because people had died in his arms. There were people, oh, so many things had happened. And he became a new person. Mm. And now we have our son back. Wow. That is, <laughs> is certainly going to be uh, great news for so many families that are watching this right now. I want to set up this video of Phoenix House because that's another uh, passion mm -hmm. project for you. Tell us about Phoenix, Phoenix House. Okay. Well, my son is, uh, he runs a podcast. Um, he and his partner, Kelly, um, run a podcast called The Pink Cloud or This Pink Cloud. I take that back. Well, This Pink Cloud is a recovery podcast. And one day the guest wands on there, um, the CEO of Phoenix House, the name of Drew. And Drew, they interviewed Drew on the podcast. He and Chad began to talk and he offered Chad a job as a resident advisor which means a person dealing with the children. Phoenix House is for teens. It is a recovery center, but it is for teens. And quite frankly, is about the only one in our area. And that is very sad to me, but it is true. They handle teens from 10 to uh, 
right before they turn 18 because then you know they're adults. So they handle those and Chev, uh, Chad runs the um, the 12-step program at night. He helps with the kids. He plays his guitar to help them get to sleep. He just, he takes them on outings. He just, he does all kinds of things with kids. Outstanding. We did find this great video. Let's go Good. ahead and roll it. Ryan was smart. He was outgoing. He was funny. He was athletic. Ryan's not a bad kid. He made terrible choices that was starting to turn him into a person he wasn't. He called me one night and said, Mom, I need your help. Please come pick me up. I needed to do something for him before things went really wrong. He ended up in prison or he ended up dead. I've been a heavy user for three or four years. I really just had a clouded mind, you know? I was mad all the time. I was a very negative person. Before I came in here, I didn't think I'd really make it to 18. About 130 people every day in the United States die of an accidental opioid overdose. You know, if we had a flight of that many passengers going down every day, we would ground all flights. We would stop and figure out what's going on. It was hard, but at the same time, I finally knew he was safe. He was in a safe spot. I knew where he was every night. That part was a major relief. I'm so excited to see him. I'm proud of him and I love him. I never stopped telling him I love him. Oh, boy. Hi, oh I miss <laughs> Being here, you know, it kind of showed me not only like a physical flush of my body, but also gave me a mental flush and I think a lot more clear now. I think what's important for patients like Ryan and really all of our patients is we're getting them back in touch with who they truly are and knowing that all of those strengths and resources are in there. That great kid is in there all along. It's just being able to help bring it out. There's a lot of things I could not do when I first came in here. For like example, drawing, um, playing basketball, even just simple stuff like that. Like when I first got in here, I could not do at all. But you know, being in here, I feel like now the way my mind is, I can really do anything. You dictate your own treatment, you know, there's there's never like you have to do this, you have to do this, you have to do this. It's always, you should probably do this because it's going to help you in the long run, but I'm going to give you that choice. You want to empower them. We're after engagement, not compliance. You know, we want buy-in with the treatment center. We're not trying to tell them what to do or force them into doing something. It's all about your choice. It's just about making the right choices. It's never too late to change. So it'll be a struggle, but the struggle is going to make you strong. The Phoenix House, Texas has been wonderful helping us have the tools we need for when he comes home and outstanding at making our family whole again. Phoenix House Texas has given me all the tools that I need to be successful in life. They've showed me you know what I should and should not do and really that it's my choice on how my life is going to end up. I hope it's going to end up great. Thank you Phoenix House Texas for helping my son find himself again and bringing my son back to me. Sheila, I mean, the, those kinds of stories happen all the time over there, don't they? Yes, they do. Yeah. Yes, they do. And it's so rewarding. It is so rewarding. And I think it's so cool that your son um, has walked more than a mile in their shoes. And so he can absolutely uh, create breakthroughs. Mm -hmm. And he, 
because at first, when he first came there, they, I don't know, they, they, they didn't know whether he had ever done anything or not. And, and so he looked back at the, at the person that he was shadowing. He said, can I tell them? Because they're like, oh, you've never. And he told them and they're like, oh. Wow. So then they trusted him. Yes. That's wonderful. So, yes. We mentioned his podcast. We've got a little video of the podcast. And as we show this, I want you to talk about just how proud you are that he right. turned that corner. And now he's making a difference in so many people's lives. I, he has been sober two and a half years. Um, he is such a joy to be around. He's goofy, just like any 33-year-old kid would be. And he loves, he and, and Kelly um, Reverb do uh, house, what they call house electronic music together. And they write music together and all this stuff. So, but the podcasts are important to both of them. They're both recovered. Kelly was an alcoholic. And they, they, they did music together before, and it, was just, it had to be quite humorous because Chad was a drug addict and Kelly was an alcoholic. But now they laugh about it, and it's on the podcast, and they're, they're helping so many people exposing all these stories. Yes. So. And, and, and removing the stigma. Yes. So that's yes. so important. You've been an amazing guest. We're going to um, end with your website, which is HeymanHogue.com, the great Sheila Williamson. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much, Jeff. This has been lovely. That's it for now. We'll see you next time.